look, obviously AdWords can be an extremely powerful tool, um, especially for small to medium businesses. You know, I think it's really important with your ad copy that it's readable, it's, it, it sparks an emotion, and at the end of it, as you mentioned, it has a call to action. You can target all day when it comes to particular keywords and show your ads to the right people, but if they're not attractive and not enticing to click on, then you're not going to get a result. Digital Cowboys Episode 2. We discuss everything digital marketing and growth hacking for small businesses, startups and entrepreneurs. So if you want that competitive edge, then saddle up, because Cameron Francis and Sam Roshan are about to drop some value bombs. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the second episode of the Digital Cowboys podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Francis, and uh, we have a bit of a treat for you today. Unfortunately, Sam Roshan is out gallivanting across Asia, uh, and uh, we've got Mr. Chris Mizoraki. Hi, guys. How are we? Excellent, excellent. Thank you for having me on. No worries, mate. Um, so Chris is uh, our PPC specialist at eTraffic. Um, just to give you a bit of a background on him, he's got about seven years experience running effective AdWords campaigns for small businesses. Um, he's really good at what he does. And what I thought we would do is um, uh, run a, a session on how to run an effective AdWords campaign for small businesses. How do you, uh, what do you think about that, Chris? Thank you very much, Cameron Francis. Um, look, obviously, AdWords can be an extremely powerful tool, um, especially for small to medium businesses. Um, it can get quite complex sometimes, especially when you're starting to run more targeted, uh, larger scale campaigns. And what we want to do, we really want to simplify that whole process for business owners, because you are right, mate. It, it, it get, can get difficult. Um, it can get complicated. And we just want to make it easy, because really, if you break it down, um, into little baby steps, everyone can really do it if they know what they're doing, right? Exactly. And I mean, we've broken it down into some very easy steps to follow, um, some sort of ground rules that you can sort of abide by um, as to how you should set up the campaign, how you should actually manage the campaign, um, as well as what you should be doing sort of once the campaign has actually been running smoothly for a while. So just for the audience, um, can you tell us a little bit about what Google AdWords is? Um, definitely can. So AdWords is a tool that businesses use in order to advertise to uh, certain customers yep. uh, on the Google search uh, platform. So you can simply go to google.com.au, type in a product, service, a question, a need, whatever it is. Um, what, where are Google AdWords, like where are the ads placed? Sure. So depending on what type of an AdWords campaign you're actually running. So if you're running, for example, a search campaign, um, they're generally situated up the top of the search results page. Mm -hmm. um, so at the moment, there has been a number of changes, but you have the top four ads, which have a small little green symbol next to them that says ad. Mm -hmm. um, that obviously indicates an AdWords campaign is being run by a, by a business. Um, they also appear at the bottom of the search results page. Okay. Um, then you have things such as display campaigns that, dis that appear on the Google search network. Um, they are more visual ads that are run and appear on various websites depending on what sort of a campaign you're running. Okay, and the other one was the uh, well, a display ad with remarketing. Basically, you're yes. sending banner ads to businesses that or to, to visitors that have gone to your website. Exactly. So that's still on the display network. Um, it just depends on how you utilize that particular display network. For today, we're just going to be doing search ads um, on Google, the ones that appear right at the very top. 
and we're just going to give some uh, a breakdown on some simple steps to, to, to go through, to think about, to follow um, in order to, to run an effective campaign. So, Chris. Yes. So. In order to run an effective campaign, where should one start? I think it's really important to identify what the goal of the actual campaign is. What do you mean by that? Um, so why are you running the campaign in the first place? I mean, is it to increase sales? Is it to improve the awareness of the brand? Yep. Um, oh, even if you break it down, it's like if you want to look at the goals, it could be uh, like if we if we break down more sales, it could be uh, more sales for a particular product or for a new service or new sales for a particular branch. Um, really, the goals can 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 really vary, um, but it's important that you be very specific with what the goal of the campaign is. Why this is really important is because while it's running, you know what success and, 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 and failure actually looks like. So um, after goals, so let's just say I'm a business, I've got my very specific goals set. What's the next step? Sure. So obviously, depending on the goals, um, it is going to change the way that you actually build and manage the campaign. Okay. Um, so the next step is doing your actual research. So, I mean, how are your customers searching? What sort of terms are they using to find the particular products that you're trying to promote, for example? Um, put you, it's important to put yourself into your customer's shoes, for example. Yep. So, so like, let's just say you're going through your research phase. Yes. What are some of the things that you will do, places that you'd go to, um, what you're going to be looking at? when you're actually going through your research? Yeah, sure. So there's a number of ways to sort of identify how your customers are searching. Um, you have tools such as uh, Keyword Planner, which is actually built into AdWords. Mm -hmm. um, you have sort of third-party platforms, things such as Moz and Keywords.io, um, that allows you to do some keyword research to find out how often a particular search term is actually used, um, as well as identify gaps as to where you might sort of be able to get the most ROI when it comes to um, selecting various keywords to use. So um, the two th things that I, I really focus on when looking at particular goals for a campaign, oh, sorry, when you're doing your research, is you're doing research on the user. Um, also do research on your competitors, right? Because right. especially the ones that have been doing this for a while, they've gone through the testing phase. They know what's working, what's not working. And you can really leverage off all of the mistakes they've made in the past and use that as a, um, as a starting point to create your campaign. Yes, exactly. Um, doing a simple Google search is one of the most powerful things that you can do. 100%. Typing in a particular service or product that you're trying to promote, seeing what comes up, seeing what sort of search volume it has, um, identifying what your competition is actually targeting themselves, yeah. um, as well as when we get further down the actual steps is identifying how they're actually writing the particular ads that they have yep. and how it relates to the particular service that they're actually trying to push. So once you've gone through all of these research, uh, when you're going through the research phase, um, it's good to get a feel of what potential visitors are looking at, what you're competing against um, and what they can actually see. What's next, buddy? Yeah, so... Once you've obviously done the research, um, it's then important to jump into AdWords and start building the actual campaign itself. Okay. So how is this done? So you've got to actually target your ads correctly. Now this is actually done with four types of keyword targeting. 
Yep. Well, actually, can you tell me what the four types are? Yeah, definitely. So the first one is broad. Um, this is actually the default match type uh, that will actually reach the widest audience. So what? What's, can you give me some examples of what uh, a broad match keyword is? Yeah, definitely. So just to explain a little bit better, when you're using an actual broad match keyword, your ad is eligible to appear whenever a user actually searches uh, a query that includes any word in that particular key phrase in any order and has any relationship to it. So, so, I, so okay, yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. So if, let's just say I'm a plumber, right? I'm a plumber in Elstonwick. Uh, what, and I, I would be saying plumbers Elstonwick would be the word. Sure. Broad match modifier, what are some phrase? sorry, broad match, what are some phrases that would trigger that ad? Sure. So the first term that you're using within that phrase is an actual service, so plumber. Okay. Now, because it's on broad match, Google will actually identify closely relating keywords to that. For example, electrician. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Pretty sure. Yeah, electrician. Um, and then you've got the suburb. It will also identify relating suburbs. So you could be coming up for searches yeah. that relate that don't have no relation to that don't have any relation to what you're actually trying to promote. That doesn't sound very targeted. Is there any better ones? What's a, what's another <laughs> what's another what's another way that we can target? Look, keywords? it can definitely have its uses. Yep. Um, in terms of basically being able to find different ways that people are searching to find a particular service that you have. Okay. It does require quite a lot of uh, due diligence mm -hmm. because you constantly have to go in and make sure and add new negative keywords, which we'll get to later, to ensure that you're not coming up for irrelevant search results. So what's another uh, keyword type? Sure, so the next is actually modified broad. Um, modified broad allows you to reach a similar um, a similarly wide audience, but gives you a bit more better control on who sees your actual ads. So let's get an example. Yep. So let's say you've enabled modified broad match in AdWords for a keyword black jacket, for example. Um, if you place a symbol, the plus symbol, in front of the word jacket, which is modified broad, um, Google can only match your ads or queries that include the word jacket. So that means that ads could be coming up when somebody types in rain jacket or purple jacket uh, or black jacket. Okay. So it does give you a little bit more control than broad, but still allows you to actually capture a wide variety of searches that people may be doing. So um, knowing the audience fairly well, um, you, they, they've, a lot of them would have a, a, a fixed budget, and so they really want to maximize uh, the, the spend on keyword that's going to generate conversions. Exactly. So and this sounds like it would be one, like a, a keyword group that would target more of a, a conversion than, than your, your broad match? Definitely a lot better than broad. Um, but there are different ones as well, more specific ones, which we'll get to now. What's the next one? So we've got phrase match. Phrase match actually offers a high level of control, meaning that your ads will only appear when a user queries your key phrase using your keywords in the exact order you enter them, but with the addition of other words before and after that particular phrase. Let's use black jacket. Should we use black jacket? I want black jacket. Okay, so <laughs> I put you on the spot. No, I'm gonna I'm not gonna say no to black jacket. Ah, uh, he's because scared. No, because he thinks it's nice to have a bit of a different flavour and apply it to different actual industries. I'll let him go this time. Sure. Let's go with dog or pet supplies. Okay. Okay. So if your key phrase, for example, is dog supplies, 
your ad could actually appear when a user searches for wholesale dog supplies um. or discount dog supplies. Yep. Since the customer is actually searching for that your particular phrase, but is including other words in front or after it that are closely related to it, it means that we have the option of actually capturing highly targeted traffic, yep. but it does have a pitfall that you may leave potential traffic on the table. Okay. Uh, so Chris, yeah, tell us about the fourth type of keyword type that you can uh, uh, attract on Google. Yeah, sure. So actually the fourth one is exact match, which is exactly that exact. Mm -hmm. um, your ads will only appear when a customer types in the exact phrase in the exact order that you put it in. This has, however, recently changed. Um, Google recently made a update in regards to exact match um, and its expansion of close variations. Um, so what that exactly means are two things. Uh, the first is the ability to remove function words. Function words being things like in, to, a, the, for. It basically allows Google to remove those type of function words from a search query. Mm -hmm as long as it does not change the actual intent of the keyword phrase that you're using. Um, the second one is actually reordering. Uh, reordering is also exactly what it means. It's actually being able to reorder a particular phrase that you have as long as it does not change the actual intent behind the keyword itself. Give us an example of, of what reordering looks like. Exactly. So let's say, for example, someone is searching for size 13 men's shoes. With reordering, uh, Google will actually be able to show your ad if somebody types in men's shoes size 13. Because it's the same words being utilized, just in a different order, and the intent hasn't changed, Google will still actually show the ad. Okay, cool. Um, so those are the four different... Uh, types of, of keywords that you can you can target it's um, it, it can be a bit of a minefield As if you're starting off I would really just look at simplifying it using uh, exact and, and phrase and then expanding from there you can get tricky you you can get a bit uh, a lot more creative with it but if you're working on a fixed budget it's really important that you you know you start small and uh, created in a manageable way. So get all of the keywords that you think someone's going to be typing uh, to, to buy your product or service, put them all in a list and start separating them uh, and then start uh, putting them into uh, the exact match and then um, some phrases that, uh, oh, sorry, and then put the phrase match attached to it as well. Exactly. So that's for keywords. Um, what's next? So the next one is also actually related to keywords, but in this, uh, this time it's negative keywords. Um, so negative keywords are actually used to help to streamline your ad campaigns, uh, being able to present those particular ads on more relevant search result pages, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so negative keywords are related to the particular keywords that you're actually running, um, but we introduce them in order to remove certain search phrases um, from triggering your actual ad. So what's some negative key phrases that you would uh, add for, let's just say, let's use plumber. Plumber. So let's say, for example, a common one that we actually see is DIY. DIY is something that you probably don't want your plumbing ad to actually be appearing when somebody types it in. Um, so introducing it as a negative keyword means that 
somebody who's looking to do a plumbing job themselves or learn about it um, is not going to come up when they type in that particular phrase. So what's a, an important thing to, to, to think about is what's the intent behind the search? And if, if we use the DIY as an example, the searcher, their sole intent is to do it themselves, right? And if you are a service-based business, you don't really want that person, especially when you've got to click them, uh, when they've got to, you've got to pay for them clicking your business, you don't really want them landing on your site. So that's a really, really good example um, of uh, yeah, negative keywords to, to put in. Some other examples, um, you know, things like free, cheap, nude, naked, um, you know, you can put things like Craigslist. Uh, there, there's, uh, w- what's the other directory site like Craigslist, uh, Gumtree, Gumtree, eBay, Correct. you know, like a lot of people, like if they're putting those, uh, they might be putting the product or the, or the service in, um, in Google, but if they're putting in things like Craigslist, eBay and Gumtree, they're wanting to go to that particular site and they're generally cheapskates. And at the end of the day, depending on what type of actual keywords you're actually using, um, will mean how often you're utilizing negative keywords. So if you're using broad match keywords, which are capturing a larger portion of people searching, um, you're going to have to implement a lot more negative keywords in order to reduce the amount of irrelevant searches that you're getting. If you're using a lot of exact match keywords, because you're highly targeting specific phrases, you're not really going to have to utilize negatives. You know, another, uh, some other examples that you could um, contemplate of, of putting in for negative keywords are things like pics, pictures, opinions, um, ideas, articles, ideas, how to, how do I, how, yeah, like there's, there's a long list. This will save you money. So really take the time to, to go through a whole bunch of um, options where the intent is not to purchase. What's next, buddy? So, you've built your campaign, now it's time to write your ads. Um, When it comes to your actual ad copies, making them attractive to your audience, raise their interests, convince them that they want your product or service, is extremely important. You can target all day when it comes to particular keywords and show your ads to the right people, but if they're not attractive and not enticing to click on, then you're not gonna get a result. Um, Some sort of helpful tips, um, including things such as call to actions. What's that? Um, Let's say for example, you would like somebody to purchase a, a range of books that you're doing. So things such as buy now or Um, If you want them to contact you, contact us today, Mm -hmm. um, including reasons to actually click on the ad and engage with your particular business, such as maybe you offer free quotes with your plumbing business or something like that. Um, Including these type of things and giving your customers a reason to interact with you um, needs to be done. Okay. So what are some of word like... If I want someone's attention, it's uh, easy peasy. I'll just put everything in capitals. No, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Google Google does have a number of uh, rules that need to be followed. Um, so getting familiarized with how Google is allowed to actually structure. What, what are some of those rules that, that so, stand out? No capitals. Um, you, boo. Boo, boo. Oh, <laughs> not, not no capitals, but no 
consistent use of capitals. So um, it's quite common to see the beginning of each word being capitalized. I, I remember seeing uh, when I first created an AdWords campaign, I got that notification saying that your ads are not allowed to go live. Excessive use of capital letters. <laughs> and the same goes with symbols. So having call us with 15 exclamation marks at the end of it Dang. is also not going to fly when it comes to Google. So there's a few, is there any others that you're like, what about, um, are you allowed to use slang words? Um, look, it does depend on the type of slang word, I guess. Okay. If it's not offensive yep. and, and things like that, I think depending on the country that you're in as well, sure. I believe being in Australia. So each country has different, well, that would make sense. Each country has a different set of requirements. Oh, I, I wouldn't say that, uh, probably... Yes, Cameron. Uh, each each country does have a different set of rules depending on the type of country. Maybe yeah. it could be religious yeah, um, aspects, standards. Yeah, yeah. So every country is different. I mean, being in Australia, we do like our slang. Yes. Um, so including various slang words within ad copy would probably be beneficial and would work a lot better than in other countries, obviously. So. Is there anything that stands out of things that you, you possibly can't do on, on ads? Um, I think it's important also to see what sort of... Like, I'll give you an example. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I'm uh, Jim's Plumbing yep. and uh, my mate's John's Plumbing. But if someone types in John's Plumbing, I'm going to put in my he head title, John's Plumbing Services, but really I'm Jim. Is that okay? No, definitely not because that's misleading the customer. Oh, okay. So you definitely can't do that. Yeah. Um, it's also important to actually see what products or services Google is allowed to actually... Um, advertise on their site. So things such as um, certain types of medications, drugs, mm. um, alcohol is um, a bit of a grey area, for example. Yep. Um, within Australia, we can do it, but certain countries don't allow it. Um, and then also things such as, um, you know, XXX chat lines and various adult industries um, that are severely sort of regulated when it yeah. comes to Google. Yeah. So it's important to find out what you can and can't actually do. Excellent. Okay. So, um, you know, I think it's really important with your ad copy that it's readable. It's, it, it sparks an emotion. And at the end of it, as you mentioned, it has a call to action. So, uh, you know, having those find out more, uh, learn more about buy now. Very important because you're basically guiding the user to click on your ad, and, and that's really what it's all what it's all about. Yep, exactly. Next, now implementing conversion tracking. Ooh. Now, being able to actually monitor which of your keywords and ad copies are triggering sales, um, it's highly important in ensuring that the campaign is actually delivering an ROI for you. Yep. Um, this also allows you to actually optimize the campaign further to increase those particular conversions. Um, at the end of the day, if you're not being able to see results from a particular campaign, how can you justify running one? 100% agree. So how um, specific would you actually put in your conversion tracking? Well, it really depends on what you're trying to capture. Sure. Um, there's a number of different ways of actually doing conversion. So you could be tracking a particular phone number um, that people are calling through. You could be tracking an online form fill. You could be tracking a, a newsletter sign up. You could be tracking a, a download of a particular brochure or PDF on the site. And so the conversion tracking would track? Yes, definitely. Those, right? And look, there's a number of ways that you can implement con conversion tracking, whether it be through analytics, whether it be through third, third party um, platforms. But being able to track 
the majority or all of your services and whatever goals you may have um, is extremely important in actually justifying um, a campaign working or not. At what point, so you've, you've chosen your keywords, you've created the ad groups, you've um, uh, got your ad copy, you've launched the campaign and you've got your conversion tracking. So you're seeing what uh, keywords are generating a conversion. Yep. At what point would you like remove a keyword even if you think that it's it's relevant uh look this this is this varies from customer to customer from situation to situation um if i generally see a keyword not performing within the first four to six weeks Mm -hmm. um it's generally not going to perform yeah Um, so i generally try to remove it um it also it does depend on which kind of uh modifier or type of keyword is yep. being presented. There's a large number of different factors that uh, come into play here. Uh, but I think if you're running a campaign with a fairly extensive keyword list um, and you see that um, half of your keywords are generating traffic um, and generating conversions, that is kind of a call to action to maybe start focusing on those particular keywords and optimizing to your conversions. Love it. What's next, bud? Um, so the last and certainly not least, is the monitoring, tweaking, and actual testing of your campaign. So campaign's running, you're getting conversions, but in order to actually run a successful campaign, it's important to consistently monitor which keywords, ad groups, and campaigns are achieving, Mm -hmm. and uh, are achieving the actual goals that you've assigned to it. Um, So, I mean, these tests can be a number of different things. So you can, for example, be identifying which keywords is good to bid on, uh, which ad copies are good to use. So that can come into play. Things things can come into play such as A and B testing, which you run different ad variations and see which ones are actually working, which ones are identifying with certain keywords and certain audiences. So basically running an ad side by side, maybe they've got a different header uh, headline or they've got a different uh, destination URL that's visible and seeing side by side what, what gets a better result. Exactly. Okay. And and it can also lead to things such as testing what landing pages you're using. Okay. Um, if Because landing page is a, a considering factor when it comes to your quality score and different things like that, identifying whether or not your landing page is highly relevant to a, the ad that you're running, yep. the keywords that you're running, how can you possibly improve your landing page to help better drive conversions? These constant tweaks, testings, testing and monitoring of your campaign is what's going to help it achieve in the long run. Have you got benchmarks um, that you use where you want your campaign to get to? So like, for example, what, what metrics do you use to determine what's good and what's bad? Um, look, there's a number of different things. So things such as click-through rate are obviously highly important. That, so, so, yeah, what, what's so, a good click-through rate score? So, I mean, uh, once again, does depend on the type of campaign that you're actually running. Yeah. Um, anything really over, say, a 5% click-through rate when it comes to a search ad can be considered fairly strong. Yeah. Um, but we tend to aim personally for... Th- you know, anything in the double digits, really. Um, What this basically means is that your ad is highly relevant to a particular search term that people are searching for, so they're relating to it, which means that they're clicking through and finding basically, hopefully, what they're looking for. So that's really interesting. Um, And I I love that you've put those those figures up because 
um, I know that you aim really, really high for the campaigns that you're running. Uh, Google has said that a good click-through rate is 2%. Um, and what you're telling me is that you generally get five and above and 10 is the goal. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to aim high. Um, when you're running campaigns that are extremely targeted, mm. um, having a higher click-through rate kind of just goes hand-in-hand hand if it's being run effectively. So if you're looking at your campaign and your click-through rates are under five, tweak it, fix it, because you've got rooms for improvement um, without even having to spend more money. Exactly. What's another metric you use? Um, so quality score is actually quite important. What's a quality score? Quality score is a way that Google actually rates particular keywords that you have within your campaign yep. and how they relate to various parts of uh, other parts of the campaign. So they take into consideration your ads, the keyword, how relevant it is, your landing page. There's a there's a quite a large list of factors that go into actually identifying a quality score. So it's their it's their uh, rating which indicates to you um, how much improvement there is on a particular campaign. So if they say uh, your uh, quality score for a particular keyword is 5 out of 10, that means that it can really improve a lot more. Definitely. So what it, Google does have a pretty stringent checklist. Now, they haven't released the entire um, checklist or algorithm that they use, sure. but people throughout the years have kind of identified roughly what it is. So whether it be how relevant it is to a particular ad that you're running, um, to particular uh, landing pages that you're running um, from those particular ads, um, identifying how you can optimize these particular keywords um, will help in actual actually boosting your positioning when you go into auctions for various keywords. Um, so going through all of your keywords and making sure that they are highly relevant to what you're trying to achieve will help in a lot of other areas within AdWords. What's, uh, at what point would you leave it um, and at what point would you need to improve it? I think um, Google has a system where it's either poor, um, good or excellent, I okay. believe it is. So if you've got, if you've got a uh, quality score of two, would you... I would seriously consider into actually looking into... Seven? Um, look, I feel that it can be kind of convoluted sometimes okay. in terms of the actual ratings yep. um, because at the end of the day, if a keyword is working for you and you're receiving conversions, then I would generally stick with it. Uh, something about quality score is if you've got a higher quality score, Google sees that your ad um, is better for the user than a competitor. So you'll appear higher without necessarily paying more per click. That is correct. So it's really important that for all of your keywords, if you really want to pay as little as possible, maximizing exposure to make sure that your click-through rates, they're not crap, really. Yep. Pro tip. Pro tip. Pro tip. Pro tip. Um, the metadata on the landing page that people go to, adding metadata, so even though it's not visible on the front end, um, it is visible on the back, which gives signals to Google that it's the page is more relevant to the keyword that it's targeting. That'll help your, um, your quality score across all of your keywords. Just snuck in some SEO. <laughs> Very good. Um, 
Anything else that you want to mention about the AdWords? No, I mean, look, they, they're seven easy kind of steps to follow um, when building an effective campaign. Yep. Um, look, AdWords is a challenging program at times, um, but as long as you keep testing and tweaking your campaigns um, in order to achieve the goals that you've initially set, um, you'll definitely get there. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, for those that needing help in running or, or, or improving their AdWords campaign, do your due diligence on the uh, on, on, on service providers. There's uh, Google Partners um, and then there's Google Premier Partners. Uh, I'd suggest that if you're going to get someone to uh, help you out with your AdWords campaign, you look for the Google Premier Partner tag. That means it's the top 5% AdWords providers in the country. So look out for that. Make sure that if you're vetting them, you're asking the questions, that you're going through uh, a lot of the, the seven points that Chris has just gone through then. Check out how they do their research. Find out what, you know, what their optimization techniques are, if they're split testing, um, and really vet them to make sure that they know what they're talking about, and you can hold them accountable to make sure that you're generating a return on investment. That's it. How did you go? Loved it. <laughs> you did really well, mate. I was really happy with this. I think, um, you know, uh, a couple of topics that we can look at doing as well is what happens post-click. Sure. Right? So how do we improve conversions after the click's done? Uh, and uh, landing page optimization. So what what should be on the page in order to uh, entice the user to, to convert? That's a big one. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that's it. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Digital Cowboys with Cameron Francis and Sam Roshan. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And please, write a review. Also, head on over to digitalcowboys.com.au, where we post the latest episodes and content pieces for all of our listeners. So saddle up and join us next time for another edition of the Digital Cowboys.